Welcome to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. Don't you wish there was a reset button to life? We've got the next best thing. This is a place for you to share your story and perhaps get some answers you need in life to find courage to overcome your fears and discover your true self as you empower others to do the same. Now, here is your host, Marilyn Mosier. Welcome to Code to Grace. I'm Marilyn Mosier, your host, and I'm here today. We are so excited to have you aboard, and this is a place where we encourage, educate, inspire you to choose courage, to overcome obstacles and challenges in your life as we discover ways to empower others and ourselves to live a life full of purpose. And I'm so excited to have you aboard today. I have a very special guest and friend with me today, and we are actually coming to you live from the Throne Publishing Studios in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And this is where the magic happens when we do our podcast every week. And the guest that I have on today is a dear friend that I actually met that encouraged me and helped Helped me to bring my story to the pages into the book that I wrote, and thus the radio show and my life has evolved from that point of meeting this gentleman a little over a year ago, um, and he established. A company, and he is a CEO of Throne Publishing Group that has built a successful publishing company that gives the author and a team a team approach to helping them find their voice, own their identity, and execute their calling through a transformational publishing process. At Throne, their books help people tell their story in a powerful way. They empower families to pass on their legacy through a book, and they help entrepreneurs tell the story of their business, mission, and vision. Jeremy Brown is a devoted husband, a proud father of two amazing little boys. Um, I think it's Jared and Barron, right? Yep. Yep. And he his education is in computer information systems, networking administration, and he's also been through seminary. It has given him the vast knowledge to guide the novice writer through a writing process. And so you're going to join me on this journey today to learn about the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Brown. <laughs> and he was amazing. <laughs> no, I had to say that. Plus, my, my husband said, you're going to Oz to do your studio, to, to the Oz studio. And he calls the Zeal building this, the land of Oz. Remember I told you that? Oh, yeah, that's so yeah, funny. Because they would always say it was going to, you know, this building called Zeal and Throne Publishing. And I'm doing this thing. And he's like to this, you know, awaken workshop. And he's like, you know, that sounds like the land of Oz. <laughs> and you know, my husband, he's, he's got a sense of humor, but I love Joel. Yes. And so Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. This oh, it's is, an honor to this be is, here. Yeah. This is an honor for me because you're a successful young businessman. You have a beautiful family. Uh, you took your dream of publishing a, a publishing books and a unique mission. You, you married them together and helped to help inspire entrepreneurs and, like you say, the novice writer to tell their story and leave their legacy. And I just want you to kind of begin at that beginning point of when that idea came to you and tell me about starting from a coffee shop to bringing this amazing company of Throne Publishing into a reality. Oh, thank you. And again, thanks for having me on, Marilyn. I'm a big fan of yours. Obviously, I know all about your book. I enjoy your book and your podcast and you and Joel. Um, it's just been awesome to become 
uh, not only to work together, but become your guys' friends. So I really appreciate you letting me come on. So to, to get right into it, you asked me about when did this whole thing start. So I, ho- I want to tell my story to everybody, and I want to be able to add as much value as I possibly can to somebody out there who has a goal, you're going for it, you don't know exactly how you're going to get there, but you know you want to get there, right? I think that's where we're all at at some point. I know where I'm going, I know where I want to go, I kind of know where I'm at, and there's a big gap in the middle. And that's what we're trying to essentially always do day to day in business and life is bridge that gap between where we're at and where we want to be. So where I was at, it was 11 years ago now at least. And I was in uh, the Scooters Coffee Shop on 57th and Western, and I had a problem. I wanted to write a book. I didn't want to spend a year doing it. And, uh, you know, it it was not the right time for me to be publishing and writing a book, right? And we'll get into that later. But I wanted to write a book because I had a sales coaching and consulting business. And uh, I wanted to use my book to promote that business. So I wanted to establish authority, establish credibility. Um, And so I thought if I become a published author, then I'm going to be the perceived expert in this area. So my problem was this, though. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know how to publish. So I had a goal. Uh, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew where I was at. And there was a big old gap right in the middle. So you mentioned um, it's so funny to hear you say my education because it's completely irrelevant to what I do today. So I was um, the last article I had ever written before I wrote my first book was a 300 word article in college at Southeast Tech, like literally right across the street from where we are at today. And it was 300 words. And the last sentence said very sarcastically, I hope you enjoyed reading this article as much as I enjoyed writing it. Thank you very, 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 very. And I had very 20 sometimes to get to 300. So that was my problem. I didn't know how to write. But I did know this. I was like, I can talk about this stuff all day long. But if I go to try to write and put my energy into my fingertips, I just have a big disconnect. You know, the old adage of there was a short between the keyboard and the chair, right? That was me. So I just made up this interviewing process. I outlined my book in what apparently was a unique way. To me, it was just me solving my own problem. I said, I can think in terms of outlines. I can think in terms of somebody asking me questions, me giving a speech about this kind of stuff. So I made my book into an interview, and I arranged uh, the outline and the questions in a way that as I was answering the questions, the interview questions, my answers were becoming the content for the book. So it was a natural way for me to draw the content out of myself. And, you know, I didn't know that was unique at that point in time. And um, so because I didn't sit down and research methodologies or anything like that because I was in my early 20s. I didn't do stuff like that. I didn't think things through. That was not a strategy of mine at life in that point in time. So that's how it all started. It was in Scooters on 57th and Western. I had a goal. I knew where I was at. I didn't know how to get there, but I was committed to it. And I would say that anybody who's listening to this, if you're in a similar position, that's a very good place to be. You don't have to know how you're going to get to a destination. You don't have to know how you're going to reach a goal. You just need to know that you're going to get there at some point in time. And you'll know how to get there once you're there. You won't know until then. So that's what I would say, Marilyn. I mean, I think that's maybe how we can tell that story in a relevant way, which is I didn't know what I was doing. So I don't want to get fancy. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) So you wrote the book, Get It Done. And what other book did you write? Well, that one I was talking about was called No Limit Living. And I've since written, uh, I think, five curriculums now. I'm on my fourth book right now. And so I've just kind of used this, that raw methodology that I created way back when. I just kind of refined it over the last 11 years. And now we're 
we're doing 30 plus books a year. 30 plus, okay. I think we'll do over 50 this year. So if I'm a prospective author, like you said, I have an idea or an entrepreneur of a book idea, walk us through that process. When I came to you with my idea, you had me do the Awaken Workshop, which was an eight-hour a full day concept where I took my idea, you interviewed me, and we did a breakdown of all the story and the chapters and the goal of the chapters, the goal of the book, the, we identified the avatar, the perfect mm-hmm, person, the mm-hmm. client we were writing it for. Right. Um, so walk us through that powerful process and um, how we experienced designing and creating a book and um, the purpose that you have behind it and you've as- assembled an incredible team of professionals that take your story idea from an actual to an actual book in about 90 to 100 days, 120 days, or your, whatever the, the author is yep. comfortable with. They, right. they have control over that cycle. But if you want something done quickly, like I did, I didn't want to um, wait so long to get, you know, to, you know, wait too long to get it done. I just knew if I put too much time or effort or into waiting to do it, I would probably not do it. So how did that, how does that process happen or walk walk us through that? I think if somebody is listening, they're like, I want to write a book, but I don't know where to start. I think you have to think about, there's a a couple of essentials. One is um, to really what you just said, the first thing to do is create a project mission statement. A project mission statement is a one sentence summary of what you're trying to accomplish for the book. So you want to sit down and say, let's say this book is all said and done. It's out there. It's printed. It's on Amazon. I have it in my hand. What would success look like for me? Am I speaking? Am I coaching? Am I handing it out? Am I raising money with the book? Is it just for my family? What does success look like for you? Take that and make a one sentence summary. It's your project mission statement. It's the North Star that you use to lead your team with. So no matter what, if you're talking with an editor, a writer, a designer, a printer, an ebook person, anybody who you have to bring into the table, they can always, you can remind them, this is where we're going. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Nothing more than this, nothing less than this. It's a one sentence summary, right? Mm -hmm. I think the next thing you do that me and you did is, like you were mentioning, your avatar. Who is your ideal reader? Who are they? Where are they at in their life? What is the problem you're trying to help them solve? What's your goal for them once they get done reading this book? What do you hope for them? Like, what's your hope uh, for these people? Um, And we really get focused on we have a primary audience and a secondary audience. So for the sake of this, like if you're just starting, you want to just say, who is who are who is my reader? And don't do a big, broad thing. Don't say, well, I want millions and millions of readers, so that I want millions and millions of, uh, I'm going to make the broadest audience possible. It's a great big mistake that a lot of authors make is they write their books for the broadest audience possible. When you should really focus on a niche, like you're doing a podcast to empower women, female leaders, right? And you get you have even more of a niche than that that you're starting to carve out. Um, the more niched you are, the better your book's going to be, the more focused it's going to be, the more relevant it's going to be. So those, those would be the first two main things I would say, Marilyn, and they take some time. You want to allow yourself time to really think through these. Think about what is, uh, so to sum it up, what's my project mission statement? What am I trying to accomplish? What does success look like for me? Those are the first two questions you got to answer. Secondly, who is my target reader? And what do I hope for them? What do, where do I want to bring them to? What, am, what is my hope for them when they're done? What do I want them to know? What is their challenge I can help them with? And not just things that I learned. 
like your book, isn't about things that you just learned um, at a seminar in a book. You lived this stuff. So what can I help them that I myself have experienced? What have I learned through the experience of my life that I can then give an offer to this person? Wonderful. Yes, I love it. And that was an amazing experience. That Awaken Workshop is where you can walk away with a outline to go self-publish your book, or you can hire your team at Throne Publishing to go ahead and assemble the designer of the book, the editor, the uh, a ghostwriter, or someone to help you with the right writing. And you have a team assembled to make that idea and that outline come to life in a finished product that is ready for Amazon. You help us uh, get it on Amazon. You help us promote the book. You do a book signing. There's so much more that you offer as a service. And when we come back from break, I'm going to have you explain to that where that idea came from and um, the business model and how powerful that business model is for uh, those of us that have those ideas or have a struggling business that we want to get out there and uh, promote and how you can help us do that. So we're going to come right back. Sounds great. From our break here in a few minutes, and we'll be right back with Code to Grace in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and I'm so excited to have you aboard today. Here at Code to Grace, we are creating people that are empowered and fulfilled and on purpose with their living. And that is um, my goal in my, my book, Code to Grace, and with this radio show, is to help empower women and encourage them to dig deep and find their their God-given purpose. And today I have a very special guest that I'm visiting with that helped me take my idea and my story and bring it into a book and bring it into reality. And I have Jeremy Brown with me today, and he is just a wonderful man and friend. Um, I talk about my book, um, about people that make an impact in your life. And um, we'll get to that in a little bit about the Sherpas that lead us onto our path where, you know, our life just becomes a little bit more, um, makes a little more sense. And I, I really uh, esteem you in that ro- in that role for me because you've helped oh, me, you. you know, bring into a being what, what I feel like my purpose is and my calling. And that was, you know, once I wrote my book, it really was my aha moment um, oh, in awesome. my life. So, um, or at least one of them, I should say. So mm-hmm. kind of the second chapter or the second phase of my my life and, and this journey. And so I know as a young boy, you know, you watched your mom. She was in a networking business mm-hmm. and you saw a strong mom coaching other, you know, people yeah. on the phone. And you said that really made an impact on you. And I guess I want to know when you were a little boy or when did you realize you were an entrepreneur at heart and that strong drive because you talked about in the coffee shop uh, you were realizing you had this idea of writing books and helping and coach other people write the you know to help them write theirs and you knew that that was a business idea so you have this little entrepreneurial spirit inside of you you know when did you realize that and how did you start on that journey yeah it is funny because I did see so I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur on my mom's side and a third on my dad's side so I was always around, you know, this mindset of entrepreneurialism, which essentially means if there's a problem, I solve it. If there's something I need that I don't have, I figure out how to get it. And then if I can do that for other people, great. That's to me what kind of entrepreneurialism is, is you just solve problems and you take initiative and solve them yourself instead of waiting for somebody else to solve them. So I didn't have really, I mean, I mowed lawns when I was in high school. I've always was a really hard worker because my dad is a truck driver. So I grew up basically going in the truck with him. I went all over the country with him. So I was around like a really hard blue collar uh, work ethic. And so I was always a worker. I want to say I was an entrepreneur until my son was born, Jordan, who is 14 now. You know, when he was born, um, I wanted to be with him as much as I possibly could. And I really realized early in life, thankfully, thanks to him, that my number one value in terms of business is autonomy. I want to have control over my time. I want to be able to control where I go and when for the most part. Um, And so when my son was born, I took him to daycare once. And that day I went and picked him up and I quit my job because I was like, I'm never doing that again. And that was just me, a a rash act, very young man. I wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. (laughs) I didn't even know what I was going to do. I just said, I'll just start a business and I'll figure it out. So I didn't have a business going. I mean, I was... Uh, fixing computers. Um, It was called PC Hospital. It was like a really bad version of the Geek Squad. And people were paying me with pheasant meat at one point. So I didn't have like an established business. I just said, I'm never doing that again. I quit. And I haven't looked back. So I would say it was a huge influence on my life to see my mom, my dad, my grandparents um, doing their own thing, the highs and the lows of that, 
the successes in the valleys. And I just said, I'm just going to do it. And literally, Marilyn, my first day in business, I joined, I got into network marketing too. And I was like, okay, these are great products. I think I can sell these things. I opened up a Dex phone book and it was the yellow pages. And I literally went down the list and started check marking the companies I would cold call on. And my first cell phone bill, because back then you paid for minutes, right? You had like unlimited minutes after like 5 p.m. or whatever it was. And my first phone bill was 400 and some dollars because I would just call all day long. And that's all I knew how to do. I didn't even know the owner of the company's name. I just be like, can I talk to, your, to the owner of the company? And I can't imagine what people thought when they got that kind of a phone call. But that's what I did. And to me, um, being an entrepreneur, we have to really ask ourselves or anything. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a career-minded individual, if you're a stay-at-home parent, we have to first ask ourselves, what's the lifestyle I want? And then what's the model that's going to fuel that lifestyle? Otherwise, you know this like I know this and we've seen it so many times. We don't ask that. We say, how can I be successful? And then you might be successful only to realize you don't have the lifestyle that you really want. And that's what we really kind of want at the end of the day is we want a particular lifestyle that allows us to do certain things or not do certain things. And that lifestyle reflects the values that we have. So that's how I got into it. And I, I, don't, I didn't really, when I graduated high school, I didn't have, I didn't go to get an MBA. I went into computers. I had a job lined up out in Palo Alto before my son was born um, that I now couldn't do. And I was like, okay, well, here we are. And I have a problem again. So what was, did I mention before I had a problem? I wanted to write a book, but I didn't know how. That problem was, I don't ever want to take my son to daycare ever again. And I never did. And, but it was a problem of like, well, what am I going to do about this? Well, what are the assets I have available to me and how am I going to use them to solve this problem? Wow. And that was it. Yeah. And so that's how I started. Okay. And then people started calling you about the book, pro- book idea and then you ended up being, um, having your own publishing company. And, um, so then you attended seminary after, or actually, actually just a few years ago and um, you have a strong faith. Um, you're very intentional about weaving your witness for Christ into your business, using your work to help others and to glorify him, which I love. And that was one of the reasons I chose to publish with you, because that oh, was important you. to me. And so tell us about your faith journey. Um, and I know for all of us that sometimes can be a little bit up and down. But what led you to that warrior mentality and that passion for leaving a legacy uh, for yourself and for your family and for your clients. So I think you mentioned seminary and really like if if we're talking about how do I or why do we live out um, kind of help influence people for the Lord in our day-to-day work, influence people for Christ towards him, be about him. And really it's like, I think like what you're doing, you are being, you, you identified, I think God is calling me to do this, and you stepped into it. You didn't figure out how am I going to perfectly do it. You didn't figure out I'm not fully prepared. You're not, right? None of us are, and but you're stepping into it. I think that's the best representation of a life walking with the Lord, walking with God uh, that we can give. And so like when I'm waking up in the morning, I'm not thinking about, well, how am I going to influence people for Jesus or how am I going to maybe throw in a Bible verse here and there? I'm just like, this is what God's calling me to do. And I'm just going to go after it with everything I have. That to me means then I need to have a faith that works, not just like 
this is what I believe and this is a nice system, a belief system for me. Like these are practical tools I use day by day. So like prayer, it's a nice thing to do, right? But it's an essential thing to do. Like I have to do it. We meet with people. Like when we do your book, hey, Marilyn, let's pray. Like, but I'm just like, we got to like pray. Like we need to do this. Mm -hmm. I want wisdom. I don't want regular stuff. I want God's fingerprints over everything I do. I hope that that's what happens. And when my days are done, I hope that's what people say. But I don't have to say necessarily always, how am I going to put God's word into this or that? Mm -hmm. I want it all over me so I don't even have to say it. Like I don't remember who said it, but he goes, I preach the gospel all the time, and sometimes I talk about it. <laughs> but he was essentially saying, like, I yeah. do it with my actions, right. right? And so even though it's so interesting you say that, we work with people now in three different countries all over the U.S., all word of mouth, 100% word of mouth, and they all say the same thing. Like, I feel like this lady, I was so touched by her. She goes, she was a, a grandma in eastern Iowa who said, you know, when you talk, I really feel the Lord in your words. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It just makes my whole day. But I wasn't trying to persuade her about I'm a Christian businessman. No. It doesn't matter to me, right? So you, I think we're all doing it. And you do it by you step into, you you identify and ask God, what, dude, what do you want me to do with myself? What did you make me for? You're, I'm an invention. You're the inventor. So I'm going to, if I want to figure out how to use this phone, I better ask Apple because they made it right? The inventor knows how to best use the invention. So that's kind of how I look at in that context, my relationship with God is, dude, what do you want me to do with the assets, the resources and stuff that I have? And then just stepping into that, right. regardless if you're ill-equipped, regardless if you're not ready, if it's not the right timing, it never will be, right? Mm -hmm. It's never a good time to have a baby, fall in love or write a book. It never is the right timing. But you just do it. Yeah. So I think that's how we best do that, you know. Yeah. And I'm seeing you do that with the podcast, with your book, with your business, yeah. with that, with all this kind of stuff. So I think that's how we do that. Right. Yeah. What is the the saying? God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the qual the called. That's and awesome. I think we're all called to do something. That's totally true. Um, that is to serve Him, but through that, by bringing everyone into that knowledge of his grace and his love and, and that empowers us. And I, I love that. That's right. And so when we come back from a break in the next segment, I'll, I'll have you talk about, so you, we, you know, you became a dad and you realized how that changed your perception on mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. like you said, you didn't want to bring, you know, Jordan back to daycare. You wanted to be a very involved father, which that mm -hmm. I think today is what our country needs is mm -hmm. more involved parents. And, yeah. um, you know, we worked a lot as, as you know, when our kids were young, but yet we always, you know, we tried to make it so one of us was always at least with them, um, yeah. whether or not it was one of us working part time or nights or evenings or days or yeah, because to be that a parent and be there for your children is huge and it's a it's a wonderful gift but it's a huge responsibility That's right. and I love the way you you realize that and we'll we'll talk a little bit about um, that perception of being uh, that warrior dad and I know mm -hmm. the way you are with your sons um, I, I just think that's a great concept and and system that we should all emulate and, and, and be encouraged by. And we can all do that in, you know, whether or not we're a parent or, or not, we can mentor someone else um, and be that encourager and that role model. And in a world where we're really hurting 
for positive and and good role models out there. So we are coming back from a quick break shortly. So I will uh, be continuing to ask uh, Jeremy Brown some amazing questions about his life, his journey through his spiritual life, as well as his entrepreneurial ventures. We'll learn about a little bit more about his philosophy in um, having his own business and how he brings that concept of an idea and a story, and we can leave that legacy to our kids and our families through our our publishing our book, and I think it's a powerful way um, to leave our story and our message for our kids and grandkids and and future um, generations. So we will be right back after these messages. Join us back at Code to Grace, and there's also a a line that you can, or a number that you can call, 888-346-9141, if you'd like to ask Jeremy a question. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier. Today, I'm talking with a very special guest and friend, Jeremy Brown of Throne Publishing Group in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're actually coming to you live from their Throne Publishing Studios, which he's generously offered for my Code to Grace podcast. So just such an honor to be visiting with you today. Likewise. Learning a little bit more about your story, your journey uh, from that idea in the coffee shop in Sioux Falls when you were a young 20-something and you wanted to write a book, you didn't know how to do it, but you you know, took the kind of the bull by the horns and decided that you were going to come out, uh, 
learn it yourself and then teach others through that process. And it it really is an amazing journey uh, when you help someone take their story and bring it to a book. It really is an incredible process and an incredible um, way to leave a legacy to your family and um, to heal from maybe some of the things that you've gone through. And we all have a story. We all have wounds mm-hmm. that, that need to be healed. But um, also to be that entrepreneur that wants to tell their story in business and use it as a business card. I remember when I was going through the process, you had talked about this book being like a business card on steroids. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and right. you said it's a powerful way to leave your leadership um, philosophy, your business philosophy. Um, and yeah, you can just say, you know, read this or um, it just sets you apart. And mm-hmm. that's a, a, it was a great advantage. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I did that. So cool. I, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about you being a proud daddy of two amazing little boys, and you enjoy being in a father so much. Um, you feel what what is the biggest challenge for Christian fathers? And what is their your mission to inspire young fathers out there to raise the standard of young Christian dads? Um, or maybe how your ideals of fatherhood have changed since becoming a dad yourself? Yeah, I think that um, so first, like what's one of the what's one of the challenges of being a good dad? And I think it's almost the same. I think fatherhood, husbandhood, there's like all these unglamorous things that we do day in and day out that our culture doesn't ever celebrate. Like getting up last night at about 3 a.m., my son, young, my youngest Baron, call him Bear, he's three and a half months, close to Gavin's age, yeah. your grandson, right? Yeah. And he's teething. And so he is drooling all over the place. He's wanting to eat all the time. And he just woke up and he's not happy. I get up with my wife. I mean, and as much as I can, I mean, she breastfeeds still. So I can only do so much. But for a little bit, you got to wake up and you got to figure it out. You got to suck it up and go off a not much sleep and get the job done. And you don't see that highlighted in the news. You don't see magazine articles written about, Dad wakes up at 3 a.m. to change a dirty diaper. <laughs> you know we're not we're not celebrated by those things. So I think the th- trap a lot of men, young men, older men can fall into is only pursuing what gets praised by our culture, by media, mm-hmm. and finding their worth in that. You know, and I, we live in a culture where it teaches men, women, everybody that you are what you consume, and that's just not the truth. You are who you are. Like God has very specific thoughts about us and he's got very specific opinions about us. It doesn't matter what we have, what we don't have, what we have achieved or are not. So I think that's the first challenge of dads and moms, anybody, is just doing what you got to do day by day. The unglamorous things of fatherhood, of husbandhood, rubbing my wife's feet at night. Nobody's going to come snapshot a picture of me and put me in KSFY or in the Argus <laughs> Leader for that or anything. Entrepreneur Magazine isn't going to call because uh, they hear about it. But it's going to make my wife a little bit happier. It's not like it's going to change her life either. It's the day-by-day stuff that we do day in and day out. I think that's the challenge and that's the opportunity is can you find pleasure? Can you find passion, love, fulfillment, God, 
in those little things mm-hmm. and use those to remember and we are remembering to remember like these little things are a great big huge deal mm-hmm. and it's always the little things in the end it's never the great big things mm-hmm. um, I've known a lot of people who have achieved a level of success where now they do have all this press and this media and all these things coming to them only to realize that they missed out on a bunch of other small things family stuff that you can't get back you can't buy that stuff back so I had a mentor say once, and I know you'll like this, Marilyn, that we're all juggling a lot of balls at the same time, right? And he, was, he said, just make sure you don't drop the glass ones. You know, mm-hmm. don't drop the marriage one. Don't mm-hmm. drop the family one. Don't drop the dad one. I can drop stuff in business day in and day out, and I do, but we can fix those things. It's mm-hmm. easy to be fixed. Money problems are easy. Like Jim Rohn says, money problems are easy. You can count them. Mm-hmm. Money's easy. You can count it. Oh, well, I don't have enough this much. <laughs> Thank goodness I live in the United States, the easiest place on the planet to make money. So I don't have enough. I can count that, and now I can count my solution to that, right? Heart issues, I can't count those. Mm-mm. I can't quantify those, and they're not easily recognizable. Right. Um, and those are the big ones that we have to deal with as dads. So I think that um, – I hope I'm answering your question. I forget what the other ones were, but that was like yeah. where my mind goes is right. – we have to find our identity in the things that, that really matter to the people we care about the most and count those as our biggest achievements as opposed to the stuff everybody praises that we don't even know. Right. That we'll probably never meet again or whatever yeah. and putting our all of our worth into that. Exactly. I love that. And you brought up Jim Rohn and I know you had talked about uh, – we had talked about in my book um, about Sherpas in our life and people that are, are guides and mentors that make a difference in our lives. And I always feel that we have about – you know, maybe four or five important people that kind of change the direction or mold the direction or the course of our lives and um, talk about those people that impacted my life positively. Do you have some that come to mind or maybe an experience with a certain author that really changed your perception on things? Or I, I know you talked about the man that um, was one of your mentors. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about you that? You bet. I mean, I think it's one. Of, it was probably my favorite part of your whole book was the Sherpa concept. Um, and I think my wife and I, you know, there, I'll tell you this. There was a period in my life where I didn't have any mentors. And there was a miserable, really bad kind of phase of my life. Early, in my early 20s, even when I wrote my first book, mm-hmm. there's nothing in there about mentorship because I didn't have any mentors because I was too prideful to ask anybody for help, to admit I didn't know how to do something, and to ask like the way. So, you know, um, I, I didn't live a mentored lifestyle and my results reflected that. I couldn't build anything that was sustainable long term. I could create a lot of short term successes, a lot of big wins in the short term, but they ended up falling apart because and they weren't sustainable because I wasn't a sustainable person. So my wife and I now both live a really mentored lifestyle. Like we have people that speak into our lives in general ways and in very specific ways. So like I have one-on-one mentors, I have small groups, and then I make sure that I go to like big events. There's like one million cups events. There are industry conference type events. Um, But like, yeah, me and you were just talking. I pulled a book off the shelf. It's called, I have it right here. It's called Leading an Inspired Life by Jim Rohn. Classic book. And you open up to the first page and I'll read the note. Uh, It says, Jeremy, I wish someone would have given me this book when I was your age. And it put in joy, and his name's Chuck Gumbert. He mentored me for two years on a weekly basis. I didn't pay him a dime to do it and um, made a huge impact on my life. 
I know I'll look back on that 40 years. I'm still going to remember Chuck. I'm still going to remember some of the things he said. Mm-hmm. I remember him coming up here once, and I still remember this moment with him where he was at a board. He was drawing some things out, and I was talking about management, and I was frustrated. And he goes, Jeremy, I didn't come up here because I think you're a good manager. It's because I think you're a good leader. And he was encouraging me to lead, and he was really pushing me. Mm-hmm. And I'll still go back to that moment. It was a big deal. Like, we need these Sherpas to call out things in us we're not seeing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when I signed that, I signed my book to you and I said, quit reading books and start writing one. I was like, yeah, you got a story and you need to tell this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did. And you put in the work to do it. Like we have to have these mentors around us. I think of one of my one-on-ones right now is Mick Conlon um, from right here in Sioux Falls. We get together on a bi-weekly basis. So um, I've got one-on-one mentors where I'm really going to them for a specific reason, a specific ask, like specific questions. Then I have my small group. Like I'm with a group of guys now. We're going on four years. We met for three years on a weekly basis. This last year has been on a monthly basis. And so it's a group of dudes. We all get together. We talk about successes, challenges. We push each other. It's faith-based, uh, but we all run businesses in some degree or another. Um, and it's a it's been proven to really give me and my wife security, to give us that, um, you know, what we need, people we have to talk to, so we're not bearing all of our burdens on our own. Um, But we need these Sherpas, to your point, and and true in your book, is we've got to have these people in our life because, like Les Brown says, you can't see the whole picture when you're in the frame. We've got to have people speaking into us. I love that, and I love how you surround yourself. Like, you know, we all have those phases uh, that we go through in life and um, but we also have you know our whole self as far as like the spiritual realm our business and personal lives our marriages um, you know our parenting you know all of those important responsibilities or areas in our life and in our health and wellness all of that stuff um, there's that balance there's that dance that we do between everything that we're we're trying to you know become our best self and um, I love how you're so intentional at working at that. And I think that's an important thing to do. Um, I know you you have a very um, intentional prayer life as well um, that you do you have any books or, um, you know, mentors that stand out to you that that you really are your go to when you need encouragement or going through a trial in your life? I mean, books, I've always got. Um, I mean, if I'm trying to solve a problem, I go to Proverbs. Like, that's my number one, and it's really just practical. Not because it's a nice religious thing to say, but it's a practical book. And we got to understand what Proverbs is. Like, all uh, all people, um, all cultures, the kings and queens would write Proverbs. And they wrote Proverbs because they wanted to leave their heirs a way to say, this is how I rule. This is how I do things. So if you want to know how I do stuff, read these Proverbs. So if I believe the word of God came from God himself, he inspired it, he wrote it, it's him saying, this is how it operates. This is how I do things. This is the way I work and follow these ways and it's going to work for you. Um, so that's how I, my first book is Proverbs and we'll, we'll mention a few things coming up, but that's, that's my go-to. Wonderful. I love that. And that's something that has stood the test of time. So we know that we can trust in that as well. So we will be right back after these messages and we are visiting with Jeremy Brown of Throne Publishing. Follow 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm Marilyn Mosier, your host, and today I'm coming to you live from the Throne Publishing Studio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I have a very special guest, my friend Jeremy Brown. He is the author of Get It Done and a few other books. He's also the CEO of a publishing company that helps you take your idea of a story and bring it to life. Um, He hosts an Awaken workshop that really Um, helps bring that process to life and helps you to, if you're an inspiring writer and you just don't know how to get the whole process of authoring a book done, um, he can help you do that. And he helped me with that process. And it's been an incredible journey. My book, Code to Grace, is on Amazon. You can go to codetograce.com for more information. And if how to best reach Jeremy would be to go to Throne Publishing. Yeah, you can go to thronepg.com. You okay. can find me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever is kind of most convenient. I'm always available to answer questions people have, whether they're like, what do I do? Where do I start? I love that stuff. Yeah. So when we were, before break, we were talking about when life gets hard and you have those um, big challenges in your life. What is your go-to? Um, you know, you talked about a few books, but, you know, what is the day in the life of Jeremy Brown? Like, what is your regimen or that keeps you focused, that keeps you on point, um, that keeps you grounded? Do you want to share some of your hacks? Kind of like my day-to-day, what do I do to stay keep stay motivated and stuff like that? I mean, I think the first thing I do is I get up really early. During the weekday, I get up early, 5 o'clock, Usually always the time I get up or a little bit earlier um, and I make sure I get my butt up out of bed early and get something, get some wins. Like I make it easy for myself to win early in the morning. Even this, Marilyn, as simple as this, I wake up, roll my butt out of bed, go into the kitchen and the night before I have everything laid out, my water cup is even full. So I'm winning right away um, as I wake up. 
and there was the alarm clock of what it sounds like when I wake up, um, I start winning immediately. Even the, just because simple as this, me just having um, ahead of time my water cup filled up the night before, that simple thing, I'm getting a win. I'm saying to myself, I'm prepared for this day. It makes a difference. It doesn't sound like it does. And you may be like, oh, whatever. But if you try this one thing, set all your clothes out that you're going to wear the next day. Like set them all out. You know where they're at. Like they're in your closet. I just need to find them. Set them all out. Set your shoes there, your socks, your skivvies, everything that you need all in one place. Fill up a cup of water because that's the first thing we should do in the morning is slam some water. That's why it's called breakfast. Break fast. You're breaking your fast. Slam some water, have everything prepped for your meals that day, for your breakfast that day, have everything prepared. You wake up and it puts you in the mindset of, I'm prepared for this day. I'm going to knock this thing out of the park. And I try to get my tail out of my home by 6 a.m. every day too. So I'm just up, I'm at it, I'm not dealing with traffic on the way in, nobody else is out very much. Even sometimes you can get out early enough, the stoplights aren't even on. Wow. So, because it's it's easy. <laughs> I'm winning. Look, nobody, no, so few people are up. The stoplights aren't even on, but I'm up and I'm busy and I'm getting things done. Now I'd say this, you got to make sure your wife's okay with all that, yeah. right? Me and my wife have a little deal. I can do that during the week because I'm busting my tail to provide to further our legacy and our mission and our vision of what we're trying to build together. And so that's our deal. But on the weekends, you know, like today, you know, all just about as soon as we're done, Marilyn, I'm taking off. So what is it going to be? Three yeah. o'clock, I'm going to be out of here. And so we make some deals like that. And that's what I like to do. So the first thing is I make sure I prep for the day, the day before, because yeah. it puts me in a mentality right when I wake up. Okay. I saw this uh, video by a seal on Facebook who said, when you wake up, make your bed. Because it tells you, it sets your attitude for the day. Mm -hmm. He says, we would always do that. Every single person on our ship had to make their bed. So if everything went wrong that day, you'd at least come home to a made bed. Right. But it says, I'm prepared for today. Wow. So that's what I do is I make sure I'm prepared. And it's me and my wife, our teammates in that. I'm not good at prepping food and stuff like that, but she is. Yeah. So we do it together. And I walk into the kitchen and I say, all right, what do you want me to do? Tell me what to do. <laughs> cut this cucumber up. Cut this pepper up. Start browning this hamburger, doing this and that. Like we prepare all our meals on the weekend for that whole week. Wow. So it makes our week super efficient so that even though when I'm here at work, I am going to town. Like I'm not wasting a minute because I'm timing every minute. It's not because I'm so inefficient that I'm running behind all the time. When 5 o'clock comes, usually I'm out of here. When it's 6 a.m., I'm out of my house. When it's 5 p.m., I'm heading back to my house to do the dad stuff, to do the husband stuff, the stuff nobody's going to see, to take out the garbage, to do the dishes, <laughs> to rub my wife's feet. Um, so the top thing I would say before anything else is I prep for my day, the day before. Right. I'm not even given a thought to, I wonder what I should get done today. <laughs> I wrote that down yesterday and okay. I plan that out on the weekend for this week. So I'm not thinking a lot. I can just do, I can be active, I can be engaged and I can solve problems. Wonderful. I love that. And I'm not an early riser. So like when I see that you're, you know, made an Instagram post said, you know, before sex, it's like, oh my gosh, he's up again that early. Wow. <laughs> well, here you got, you got to know your strength, right? Right. My, you know, my strength is I've studied myself. When, what, when do I feel good? When do I feel bad? Like another thing is somebody asked me one day, well, why how are you so motivated all the time? And I thought about like, that's a good question. Yeah. Because I do feel like I'm motivated most days. And I thought about, well, when are the days I'm motivated? When are the days I'm not? What's the difference? I'd say the number one thing to being out, being engaged, being motivated, 
every day in a day out, whether you leave at 6 a.m., 3 p.m., 11 a.m., is my wife and I, I don't leave the house unless we're good. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. Honey, we might have something that we're going to have to work through for a long time, but we have an agreement. Our expect, I, I hear you. I know that's there. We're going to figure it out, but we can't spend three days figuring it out. You know, whatever it is, we're not in an argument. We're not uh, have any unresolved conflict. I don't leave home that way. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed times when I did, uh, it's a different ball game for yeah. me. My motivation's different. I know that there's something that I should do that's important to me that I didn't do. Yeah. And it affects my whole psyche, affects my whole day. Uh-huh. And so I just I'm like, we're not going to do that. Now, my wife and I work in the same business, so I'm actually financially incentivized to not have conflict <laughs> happening very long with my wife. And I'm like, that's a really great plan, yeah. you know? Yeah. But Everyone that, wins. <laughs> exactly. But going to, back to what you mentioned, like, okay, I'm not an early riser. You don't. Ha- I don't think people have to be. I think we need to – self-awareness is what we need to have. So if you work better late and that's okay with your spouse, if you work better early and that's okay, you need to know and pay attention. Where am I, Where are my strengths at? Where are my good times of productivity? How can I modify my day around that? And then once you figure it out, just keep rolling with it until it doesn't work. Right. I love that. So you write down the night before what you want to accomplish the next day. And we're about out of time, but I want to just wrap it up by telling the listener what is Jeremy Brown's mission and Throne Publishing or whether it be what you do here at the publishing company what is that legacy you want to leave to your kids and grandkids and generations to come? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for that, Marilyn. And thank you for letting me come on. I mean, it's an honor to be on here with you. I hope this show is wildly successful for you. I hope people who listen to it get what they're looking for. And I hope they reach out to you, find you on Facebook, follow you, all those things. And so, I mean, what is the mission my wife and I are on? I mean, at the end of the day, we want to help people tell their stories and make it last. Um, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do with ours. We got to, we want to, uh, it's as simple as this. We feel like we have a calling and a mission and we're just doing that every day. And it's to help people tell their stories through books in 15 years. It might probably will be different because we'll be in a different stage of our life right now. We know where we're going with our business. We know where we're going with our family. And that's kind of our two primary focuses of our life right now is home life and work life. And people ask me when I say that, like, well, where does, where does God fit in that in church life? It's like, it's the whole thing. It, there's no one part where the Lord is not in it with us. There's no one part like I prayer. I don't go to a room and pray. I'm doing it all day long, all throughout my day. Um, so that's our main focus right now is what are we doing with our business? What are we doing at home? How do we maximize those two systems? Because they're both organizations. They're both operations. And once we have those two things mastered and optimal, then we can start looking outward more and saying, okay, now that our stuff is good, now that our business has become the machine we know it can become, mm-hmm. our home is an operation that we can be proud of and that's super stable. We have, we're, do, we're accomplishing the things we want to accomplish. Let's look more outward. Maybe how can we help other people do some things like this right. wherever, whenever the timing is right for that. Wonderful. And that's what our mission is here is helping people reach their potential and be who they were designed to be with um, God's help. And that's why I was so glad that I was able to partner with you on the project of writing my story and writing my book, Code to Grace. And this has just been a really jam-packed hour of um, amazing nuggets. And I feel that um, we have helped, hopefully, the listener realize that if they, too, want to tell their story, they can reach out and get a hold of you, Jeremy Brown, at 
thronepg.com. And you also do podcasts on helping people. You can find him on Facebook at Throne Publishing, and he helps them to uh, take that concept of an idea and bring it to life through the story. And um, it's it's just been a wonderful process and a journey for me. And it's hopefully going to touch a lot of lives. And that's our goal And at the end of the day. So we are going to wrap the show. I want to thank you so much, Jeremy, for being our guest today on Code to Grace. And we hope you have a wonderful, blessed week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again.